Welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block. Um, in light of the recent tragedy, I want to start off a little bit differently than we usually do. Um, I'm Stephen Axelman. I'm the father of Alu Axelman. And I like chocolate ice cream. And I have a lot of chocolate ice cream in my freezer, and I'm not kidding. So if anybody else wants to talk about anything important, it's all yours. How did that relate to the shooting? Yeah, I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> you missed Joe Biden's press conference on the shooting where he came ah, out and talked about okay. He talked about his love of ice cream as opposed yes, to. Yes, yes. Wow, you guys you know, didn't um, see that. I'm shocked no, no, no. everything. I, I, now that you reminded me, yes, I remember. He literally, and, and, and he whispered. I can't whisper as well as he does. You know, obviously this wasn't a tragedy on the scale of 9-11, but I couldn't help but harken back to the way the left went after George Bush and how he acted in front of the, the kids, school children, when he tried to keep it, his, everybody calm and didn't want to, everybody to panic. But <laughs> obviously with Joe Biden, it's a little bit different. It, it literally, if you don't see it, I know somebody said he heard that it happened and didn't even believe it until they watched Biden do that. And it's just telling stupid jokes and <laughs> yeah, no limit to what he can get away with. Mm. So, well, it's a little scary, right? <laughs> Before we move on, well, more what's your favorite the... ice cream, guys? <laughs> Has anyone heard or seen this alleged manifesto that the murderer uh, released. I was going to bring that up, Ed. Because I, again, I'm, it's, it's a horrible, horrible thing uh, that happened. And I certainly am very proud of the police. But I wonder, given that there was 14 minutes, why he only killed six people. I, I, I know that sounds horrible, but like, is, did he have, I mean, did the school implement like a runaway policy that worked? Did the killer have specific people he was going around targeting and, um, and thus let a bunch of other people go? Or I, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit confused. 14 minutes okay. is, is a long time. Before being confused about the timing, I'm a little confused about your uh, gender identification. Yes, I, I was confused there too. So is gonna, we going with he or we going with he or we going with it or they? Uh, I think it's she because it was a girl. Okay. It so was a young, it was a 28 year old woman LARPing as a man. Okay, fine. Just one, so I'm less confused that that's your stance. And, and there's all sorts of other things like, you know, was she what drugs was she on, right? I mean, that's always something that I think needs to be discussed in any one of these awful, awful shootings. There is some evidence that certain medications uh, produce, um, you know, influence people into committing these large scale atrocities. And um, we never get that data. So I would, I, Large I am interested in the, the manifesto. I'm interested in the, the drugs that we'll never find out, you know. I am happy that the police ran towards the sound of gunfire, although, you know, um, and and did such a good do job of taking her down. To me, the larger point is is the left's commitment to censorship in in the service of its own agenda, right? 
you're, you're talking about things that they're not letting us know, but yet they're insisting that they know enough to say that gun control is the answer to this problem. Well, how how can we know? I mean, leaving aside that I think all four of us on this show would disagree with that contention, but how can they even how can we even have a debate about it if they're not going to let us have the facts? I mean, you know, they won't let it, they won't release the the manifesto, they won't release what medications the person was on, other than that we we know that the person was on a high level of testosterone in order to right. transition well, that, to, that, to that speaks to the fact that they do know they know the truth and they don't want it out there because it undermines their narrative. You know, I think you're that's that's one possible interpretation, and it could be it could well be the correct, but I think another possible interpretation is they don't care what the truth is. It doesn't matter. They may not, they may not know. And from their perspective, they may think we don't want anybody to know it. The truth doesn't matter. The narrative matters. And we're going to just suppress anything that might contradict our narrative, regardless of whether we know what that, what that information might or might not be. Um. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't obviously, um, want to minimize the tragedy of these uh, you know, three little girls being murdered. But, um, you know, there are lots of murders that happen all the time that we don't hear anything about. Um, and some of them are mass murders uh, because the perps and the victims are not cute little blonde girls. Um, and I, I don't know, you know, I don't know what to do. How, how can you, how can you make any argument one way or the other, you know, yeah. uh, on, on any basis, like, well, you I, know, if it's say we murder is bad, we want less of them. Now let's talk about how we can do this now. Right. People on the left say gun control, people on the right don't say anything or, you know, maybe armed guards or whatever, but we don't have any data at all as to the motivation of these killers, the real motivation. I mean, gang kill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a very broad thing. What was the specific motivation? You know, we don't get any of that. Okay, this is any of all, and this is in line behind Las Vegas shooting, which we still haven't gotten a motive for. So this is going to have right. to be. What's interesting here in the way they're telling the story is normally the story is simple. A gun woke up in the middle of the night and shot a bunch of kids. And that's what half the media is doing. But half the media is saying they that these kids deserved it. Because the people in that city and the Christians, et cetera, were, you know, bullying the the uh, trannies, and that's really scary. Um, I know you guys probably watched. Of course, that. they blamed uh, Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro Walsh, and Michael Knowles. <laughs> Michael Knowles and Michael Knowles has been, you know, canceled uh, from Twitter recently. I don't know whether he's been reinstated, mm -hmm. but uh, for, um, uh, supposedly Tucker called this one a week ago. I didn't hear it directly, but that's what people are saying. Um, and there's all this stuff out there about the genocide against the transsexuals, et cetera, et cetera, and that we deserve this because we were going to kill all of them. And so there's two narratives going on right now, as far as I can tell. I think they think that if we don't believe that uh, people who transition are, in fact, the opposite sex, um, or we don't recognize that people who claim they're quote unquote non-binary or any of the other hundred and some odd, you know, gender identities. If we just don't go along with that, we just 
that will cause them to die, commit suicide, encourage other people to kill them, et cetera. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it's basically they, if, if we don't 100% buy into this, then that causes their death. And since it causes their death, then they are justified in using deadly force to oppose people who don't, um, you know, who, who don't go along with it. Right. And they're, and they're calling it genocide. I mean, they're, they're actually throwing that word around. And then you got this upcoming Trans Day of Vengeance that's supposed to come around next week because apparently us transphobes are out there shooting um, transsexuals all the time. It's just, it's been ginned up to such a feverish level. I didn't even know that until the shooting that we were in the middle of committing this genocide. I mean, no one even sent me that memo. I thought we were, you know, stepping all over ourselves to accommodate people. So I don't see how you can commit a uh, quote unquote genocide unless you're attempting to take out a genetically related group of people. So, no, no. okay. If you're getting into whether it was really about race in the World War II or not, then we got to ask Dr. Whoopi Goldberg to. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, the, race, race, or, or not race, race. Bill Maher, you know, leftist comedian, said something the other day before the shooting. Um, it's like, why is it that everybody in upper middle class white Los Angeles has a trans kid and, and nobody in Ohio does? Um, and I think that's a, you know, that's an excellent question. I think there is a, uh, you know, a, a prominent role for upper middle class white mothers who are pushing this ideology on their children. And uh, we don't know about this particular woman's uh, murderer's uh, family circumstances. Um, I, allegedly, she grew up in this, you know, this Presbyterian church. I mean, let trust me, the Presbyterians are not like crazy, uh, you know, fundamentalists. Um, but like, you know, how, how does she, how do people get that way? You know, they get that way because they're pushed by their parents, they're pushed by their teachers, they're pushed by their, you know, college professors. And uh, well, I don't think it's the, as much the parents. Because even when the parents don't, the schools obviously are doing it in many places and trying to pass laws that they can hide it. I think it's L.A. that's trying to pass a law. You can take a kid away from a parent if they try to talk an eight-year-old out of uh, transitioning. It's, it's funny, again, there's several stories out there about the mother of this person who did the shooting. On the one hand, you've got that she was a gun control activist and they got stuff on her preaching against guns. On the other hand, they owned guns and told apparently Audrey to get rid of her guns. So that's a little bit confusing to me as well. Then there's another story that they were not in line with her pretending to be of another gender and she wasn't even allowed to do that in the house. So there's literally two stories. Were they on the left and pushing this or were they kind of on the right? And totally against this, because where were those guns from, and why would gun control activists have guns? Allegedly, she just bought them. So I've heard both. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I, I think that uh, you know, obviously, you can go in and, and purchase a firearm if you're not a prohibited person, and she wasn't a prohibited person. 
You know, you have to either commit a felony and misdemeanor domestic violence or uh, be um, judged by a judge to be uh, a threat to yourself or others to well, lose your you can be a ability to buy guns. You can be a felony, you just have to lie about it on the form. Um, generally speaking, generally speaking, even though the government is completely incompetent, most things they will catch. They will catch that on the background check. Generally speaking, then you could always say your last name is Biden. Well, you have to show your ID. So yeah, yeah, and I, you know, the ID thing is kind of interesting because obviously, since you can change your gender on the fly, did you hear about apparently this guy? I forget which state just broke the record for was it weightlifting or something. It just happened yeah, yeah. today. It's ridiculous. Um, by just say, and he did it on purpose just to show how ridiculous it is. I can just walk in, say I'm a girl, break all the records, and leave. So I don't know what good ID is because ID just dead names you, and you can show them one ID and tell them you're something else, and they're not allowed to question that, right? You can have a fake ID. People have fake IDs. I don't think she did. But you can have an ID that says you're Ed Powell and show up as Edwina Powell and they can't I, why you look totally different and act totally different. He looks more like an Edna. I'm just Yeah, Edna, Edna right. I had an aunt Edna actually. Edna. Yes, that's right. She was yeah, on top even of Even I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> yeah, and then and then obviously with the manifesto it it sounded like in the very beginning, oh, that's going to get out there like, you know, the Kaczynski's, whatever his name is, manifesto, wow. their manifestos. And now all of a sudden, no, we're not allowed to see it. Well, I believe we're not allowed to see it because it's way too much well, against transphobes. It's the same uh, reason. It's the same reason we can't see all the J6 videos and all the footage, right? Yeah. It's, and, it's the same, it's the yeah, same logic. I think, yep. I, I I think this thing was on um either on her phone or on actual paper. And mm -hmm. so it wasn't like posted to the internet. So it's going to, it will never see it because there's no, there's no yeah. crime to investigate. Right? Well, it's interesting that Tucker kind of sort of predicted this in a way the week before. I mean, it's a toxic brew because you have, you have a victim class, right? And there's always a victim class. And to the left, if you're a victim, everything's justified. But then you have people that are likely troubled. Right. I mean, they're, they're dealing with difficult situations. God only knows what they've gone through in their lives. And then, you know, I think you're again, you're, you're pushing that victimhood narrative and then people are out to get you. And you, you put that all together and it's a recipe for, I think, what we saw. You know, and uh, the media has a lot of culpability. I mean, it's, they like to point the finger at, at people like us, of course, but really they, they deserve a lot of the culpability. I think people they're, they're on our side, I think people on our side of the aisle who appease this are have a lot of responsibility and culpability. I mean, I'm old enough to remember that when I'm old enough to remember a time when if you walked around saying I was the king of England or I'm the queen of England, they put you in the loony bin. They didn't fit you with a crown. But today, if you say that, uh, you know, I'm a woman, when you're a man, they're ready to chop your penis off and they're ready to fit you for, for a dress. And, and that's the, the level of appeasement that has, has, has unleashed this on us. 
Nobody is willing to say that this is wrong and that these people need help. And they, and most importantly, that these people need to be taken off the streets. Okay, so now you're getting me back to the confusion. Are the same people who are not speaking out against this the same people committing the genocide? Like, which is it? There is no genocide. I don't. I mean, I'm not going to buy that premise. I'm talking there about is people a- on the right that are will, unwilling to to call this out for what it is. I mean, we you, there you, is you allegedly, that- um, you know, not today because it's life has gone crazy but before the great awakening there was um allegedly a 40 percent suicide rate among those people with gender Mm -hmm. dysphoria whether they remained at you know in their you know presented as their uh, actual sex or whether they they um quote unquote transition to another sex and 40 percent is you know, it's high in any population, 40% uh, suicide rate. And I think that, you know, is why, um, you know, gender identity disorder, which was renamed gender dysphoria to be nice to the trans community um, is a real real issue. I do not think the vast majority of people who we see nowadays uh, presenting as trans and non-binary actually have gender identity disorder. I, I think they're, they're, they mostly have the same fad that kids have had, you know, when they did all sorts of crazy things in the past, um, like cutting. Remember cutting was, why would you do that? Because you're emotionally disturbed. So, um, you know, I, 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 but I think they're, they're saying, oh, and then there, there are murders of trans individuals. Um, well, uh, Steve Saylor did a, a analysis of the all of the murders that we knew who the victims and the perpetrators were for like 2021, something like that. He just published an article today. And the number of um, white murderers of trans individuals was zero. And yet this, um, this phenomenon of anti-trans um, you know, violence has been uh, said to be part of you know, white supremacy and, and whiteness. Um, well, there's where, you, where you get the media being culpable because they're okay pushing something that's an absolute 100% lie. Yeah, exactly. And and then they're blaming us for our rhetoric leading to this rather than their amplifying non-existent rhetoric leading to this. So when you t- want to talk about blood on your hands, um, there you go. I don't know if you saw that uh, Governor Hobbs's press secretary is gone. Yes. That thing. Hopefully, God. Governor Hobbs will be gone oh. if uh, Carrie Lake's lawsuit well, continues. Being a little overly optimistic, but at least somebody's going <laughs> to go down for you know trying to pump up this non-existent hatred, et cetera, et cetera. It is kind of interesting that again, I didn't realize this until this incident that there is a movement to get guns for transgenders. And what was it, Sank, whatever his last name is, was pushing for this, that, you know, I'm against guns, but you guys really need it. So now we have unexpected allies in the 2A fight. They're not yeah, allies. I mean, They're not our allies. <laughs> yeah, I know. One of my, um, you know, my only favorite transgender person, Blair White, um, uh, you know, she 
posted she i call her she she was born a, a boy but she's on our side so i like anyway she posted a pictures of her with um ar-15 and everybody liked it because she's just about not crazy you know she's and she's relatively on our side um but, I don't think uh, being trans puts you not on our side. We we actually have friends who are on our side, quote unquote. But yeah. it's they're not the ones who are going through the path of these crazy radicals and being groomed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, being victims and, and right. field. So no, I mean, obviously, when I trained in psychopathology, which I think was still DSM four revised way, way, way back when. This was definitely still a disorder and an illness. And then it morphed like everything else to where it's not only not a disorder, it's desirable. And you go to that at the back, and I believe you can even get interviews with the, uh, what do they call it, ice cream eater? The first ice cream eater of the country? Would, could yeah, we, the how, first can be, how can it be both desirable and the subject of a genocide? How is that possible? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Well, it's just us few white Christians, I guess, who are committing the genocide and the rest of normal society that uh, finds this desirable. And again, you know, it's Tennessee is horrible and Florida is horrible, which to me, well, you know, the answer is move it, to the states where they love you. It, it's not just uh, Tennessee is horrible. It's that um, Matt Walsh, in response to finding out that Vanderbilt University Medical Center performed um, mutilation of perfectly healthy children in advance of, to advance the trans agenda, went to and the state profit. legislature. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I went to the state legislature and say, why, why do you allow this? And the state legislature said, yeah, why do we? And passed a law banning, banning all mutilation of children. And, um, this is the, was the, sort of first political act of the Daily Wire folks that wasn't like punditry. It was actually like, instead of just speaking out about something and hoping the world gets better, it was going and saying, this is wrong. And then going to the legislature and, and making them stand up and say, yes, this is wrong. And that's what they did. They passed this law and it's been imitated by 10 or 15 other states. So, I mean, you know, Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, Michael Knowles, Brett Cooper, they've all, um, but primarily Matt Walsh with the, what is the woman documentary was responsible for, you know, the, um, for this movement to stop uh, mutilating children. And thus they are the, you know, point of the spear. And they are really, really hated by the trans ideologues. Um, and that's, you know, and, you know, I, if I were Michael Knowles or, or Matt Walsh, I'd have like large fences around my house <laughs> uh, and, you know, machine gun turrets because these people are crazy. Um, yeah, as we see. But, uh, you know, grade schools are softer targets, so. Yeah, I mean, not even to get into the sick part about shooting children because of this. I mean, going to a church, but a school. 
that that's one interesting aspect of it too is that it was at um you know a church a private school because most of these shootings are in public schools i can't i can't remember an incident like this happening at a private school you know but i mean obviously there's the trans part of it and god only knows what was going on what kind of counseling well she supposedly went to that school. Been getting, i understand but i mean was there any other relationship with the church uh, you know, recently, was she getting counseling? Was there something that set her off? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe in the there's something in the. I'd like to know. I'd like to know what level of appeasement that church has gone has given the the trans movement. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, why why target that that school and that church? Well, I was going to say. I mean, rather than genocide, I, I bet dollars to donuts that church appeased the whole movement and empowered her and said, "Oh." You know, you, you, you have the right to feel this way instead of mm-hmm. taking action to protect the children and, and, and protect her from herself. Yeah. And I'm just going to assume for the moment that the reason for killing children is it's to mirror the fact that Vanderbilt is now killing children because of what Matt Walsh did. You know, we're killing these poor children by not letting them, you know, yeah. transition. I, I can't think of any other logic in killing children. So they were in the I'm wrong place sure at the wrong time. I'm not sure that there's logic behind it. I don't think it's uh, premeditated. Well, we first we get the children and then we get some other group. I think it's just. Well, if you go into a school, I mean, you could kill people in a mall if you go into a right. school. Right. But I, I think that there, she was looking for, she was probably looking for a soft target. You know, you wonder really, I mean, not just about mass murder or murder of children, which, you know, we, we've seen over and over again, but. Um, how did we go from, hey, let's just let gays marry to the crazy, tyrannical, um, we have to trans all our kids in, in less than 10 years? How, how did that happen? Because it was like one after the other. It was, it was, it was, a, and when they win the trans war and all the ki- kids are non-binary and they will win despite uh despite the Daily Wire's uh, tactical victories. Uh, and they go on to pedophilia, which is the next one. Um, will anybody notice, you know, I mean, will, will anybody notice that this progression is just like one after another? Well, one uh, of my last- I think, I think Justice Scalia predicted it in the Lawrence versus Texas decision in 2003. I remember yeah. Rush saying, as soon as the gay marriage came out, and I thought he was a little going out on a limb there and saying by tomorrow, they'll be yelling for something else. And and that one he really nailed. You know, it hits me, and I don't know if you want to talk about Israel or not, but the, one of them- Well, you know more about Israel than, no, than we all do. The so. many parallels is you have a minority being extremely vocal, willing to do anything, go to any length, and tell any story, get the media to amplify any story, and running a country. And, you know, the trans population is very, very small. And then you ask, how did we get from here to there in a very few short years? Because they were able to somehow amplify their message and manipulate the press and the universities, et cetera, et cetera. I think and, it's more than you know, vocal and more than amplify. I think the right word is belligerent. Well, they've been belligerent at every step of the way mm-hmm. and they've encountered no resistance. So, what does a belligerent person do? When he doesn't encounter resistance, right? Just and, like any and other bully, he goes for he goes further every time. Unfortunately, 
I guess I'm always taking this stance. It's very, very difficult to in any way oppose them. I mean, it's no joke that if I were to talk to a parent about slow down and transitioning your kid, I would lose my license as a clinical social worker. That's no joke. And physicians would lose their license. And I assume yeah. every profession would. So when you say oppose them, I don't want to give up my hard work to get that license. And nobody else does either. They've managed to box everybody in. You could be a professor. And if you speak out against this, you're gone. And that's well, what I mean. They, they insinuate themselves into the key places where even if you want to oppose them, you can't. Well, it's interesting because that Wall Street Journal poll came out and everybody, everybody kind of made a big deal over it and I shared it with you guys. And one of the aspects of that was how people have become less religious, right? Over the last, whatever it is, 30 years since they did the last poll. Or, but people, they're not going to the church as much. Or they're, they're not as focused on that aspect of their, of their life. And this whole trans movement is all about attacking religion, let's be real, because that, then you start talking about religious principles, moral ideals, that they, they don't want to be judged on that. So it, to me, it, it, it's an, a, an attack on all that. And it all, it's all kind of... Mike, I'm, I'm not a religious person. I'm not a religious person, but from what I hear from, from other religious pundits, the churches have been taken over. I'm not so sure that having people go to church would make this any better. It might make it worse. Oh, wow. Well, you know, the, the Pope the Pope <laughs> seems to trip over himself, you know, to be pro some of these things. Yeah. And listen, it, it's not a secret that the Jewish world, you know, overwhelming majority is on the left side of this. Right. So yeah, it's only very specific parts of religions, except for the one untouchable religion, which we can't even discuss, where you'd be thrown off a roof immediately. Right. And and the guilt aspect of it is, well, don't you accept everybody? Well, yeah, of course we all accept. No, but everybody. we don't we accept don't, everybody don't. because you know we, what? I was I worked with the with the chronically mentally ill. And I had patients. I had a patient who thought her body was full of fetuses from the king of England. Okay, but I'm talking about lifestyle. But right? but when you're talking about trans, you're talking about people who have a a serious mental illness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and being nice. Why should we accept that? Into their delusion, being nice right. is finding a way to control it as much as possible, so they can function. And for sure, not you know chopping off body parts. There's nothing to, to get to get a little bit more technical. I think you know there's a difference between gender identity disorder and or now called gender dysmorphia, and borderline personality disorder and narcissistic personality disorder, which I think the large majority of trans people like Dylan Mulvaney are um, are actually suffering from. Dylan Mulvaney doesn't have body dysmorphic disorder or gender identity disorder. He has narcissistic personality disorder. I mean, you can tell just by looking at him. He, he's not trying to be a woman. He's trying to be a caricature of a woman to get clicks and to get, you know, press and to get meet the president and all of that. Um, so, uh, yes, he, he's a gay guy, but he 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 really is a complete narcissist. I mean, so I, I think the modern, you know, post 2020, 2018 or whatever this trans mania started um, is primarily narcissism and borderline rather than uh, gender identity disorder. I don't know about this particular woman. Um, obviously, you know, to shoot little children is something that you only truly mentally disturbed 
person more than just um, you know gender dysmorphia uh, would do. I, you know, no one would do that uh, unless they were you know conditioned, um, you know, to uh, you know with hatred and and violence and and uh, conscienceless. Well, like you said before, you know, there could be medicines that inhibit yeah. inhibitors for this. Um, right. Who knows? Now, I thought one thing on Israel. Favor. The one thing in Israel, which I think was interesting, is not so much Israel itself, but Israel compared to France, right? So in France, the government has passed a law using a quirk in the French constitution that allows a law to go into effect. Um, without parliamentary approval, um, but the parliament can like veto it so that and bring down the the government. And so Macron did this law. It's going to raise the age of retirement from like sixty to sixty-two, and they're grotesquely uh, generous. But the the other thing it did was to give the power to raise and lower benefits and or um, raise and lower the age or basically do anything um, to the bureaucrats. So it, it basically took the entire pension system of France out of the realm of politics and put it into the hands of experts and bureaucrats. That's what the people are protesting. And there's been massive protests and riots and fires and you know people stopping their trucks and blocking highways and there, this huge huge demonstrations uh, I, I, you know it seems from what i can tell that all of france is burning um and uh, there is uh, an overwhelming opposition among the populace to this particular rule is macron caving to this overwhelming uh you know demonstrations riots and whatnot no he's not now we go to israel <laughs> The Supreme Court of Israel seized power a couple of decades ago, uh, and now they are completely out of control. It's a judicial oligarchy. The elected government has almost no power. And um, Netanyahu promised to fix this and bring more balance to the system by passing a law, the text of which I haven't read, but essentially gives more power back to the legislature and less power to the Supreme Court. And there were large-scale demonstrations by you know whatever passes for the Israeli left because they like having total control of the courts and who can just issue decrees based not on the law but on their feelings or whatever they think uh, from international law or whatever. And um, Netanyahu immediately backed off. He didn't fight, he backed off. So why is it that Macron can stand up to the majority of his citizens to pass, undemocratically pass a unpopular law without any problems. But Netanyahu, who has a majority support among both the legislature and the people, backs off of passing a law in favor of democracy. Why is that? First of all, I mean, I can talk about Israel for 100 years right now if I want to. And the more I read about this story, the more you see the spectrum of how people are covering it from one reality to a total opposite reality. But I guess one question I have to ask you 
did the American government go after the French government the way they did Israel? This is unprecedented. The amount of pressure that they put on Israel publicly and probably privately as well, don't you dare reform your judiciary system, which is clearly an internal matter. And now even, you know, Biden said, no, I don't agree with whatever it was, press secretary, whoever it was, that said he is going to get a meeting with me and we're not giving into this. I mean, the people in Israel, several members of parliament said, hey, we're not the 51st state, which I don't know if that's true or not. But the amount of pressure America put on Israel is unbelievable to me. How can you say that's unprecedented? The American government has been pressuring foreign governments for 75 years. Out there like this? I don't remember that. This is, it's just unbelievable. Everybody interferes in our politics and we interfere in everybody else's politics. I, I, I know. Let's be honest. Israel interferes with American politics a lot, and we interfere with Israeli politics a lot. I do think, I've said this before, I think that Israeli politics is fought out more in Washington, D.C. than in actual Israel. No, you've never. Um, have you ever watched the Knesset? They learn, they learn from the British. They scream and they yell and they throw people out by force, and it's... Uh, it's, it's quite lively over there. But remember, you know, Israel's great because every single top official in Israel is under either threat or, of indictment or actually under an indictment. And apparently there's no limit on an indictment. You can hold one for apparently 50 years. So people like a Victor Lieberman, who used to be totally against the judiciary, has totally flipped sides because he's been under threat of indictment for about 13, 14 years now. And Lapid, who was against judiciary when he was running a couple of years ago, has flipped. And Gantz, every one of these people who are against Netanyahu, forget about Bennett and Shaked, every one of these people who's against these reforms was for these reforms. This does, the, does the court, do the courts have the power to issue indictments? Is that where, is that the power? How no, no. So the court, my understanding is the attorney general there. It's the two-pronged problem. It's the court and the attorney general. And the attorney general there apparently can tell the Knesset, don't pass this law, it's unconstitutional. And that becomes the gospel. So there are so many things that don't even get to the courts because the attorney general has that kind of power. If you look- But the courts have have made the attorney general independent of the government. They're totally- when you had Netanyahu, and I know somebody's asking, where was Netanyahu? The attorney general told Netanyahu, you don't have the right to talk about this. And he had to get a special law in the Knesset passed to give the prime minister the right to talk about a proposed law that he ran on. And then when they passed that law and he went out there and gave a speech, he was immediately notified by the court. You have one week to respond why we shouldn't put you in contempt of court because you didn't listen. And you were not allowed to talk about this. Now, if this isn't a government that's totally out of control, again, they yell constitution. There is no constitution. They yell separation of powers. Separation of powers doesn't exist. There's no legal framework for that over there. But it's... it's when you say government out of control, do you mean court out of control? Courts out of control? Or do you well, government, the government in the sense of the two branches. The, the whole system is out of control. They can't have a constitution as well. It'll never happen. So the courts plus attorney general are 100% out of control. And what's so scary to me is seemingly, Netanyahu capitulated, there are some stories out there that maybe he didn't. 
So who knows? I, I personally don't trust him in either direction. But I saw even Bongino today pretty much let off his show with the reason this is so scary is this is the game plan for 2024 in America. And it's what I said as soon as the riots got so bad. I mean, I don't know if listeners all know how bad it got in Israel. They shut down the airports a week before Passover, which would sort of be like shutting down the airports a week before Christmas over here. They stranded tens of thousands of Israelis in Israel and all over the world. They shut down the entire economy. They got the Israeli Labor Federation, which used to be the largest political party, got together with their sworn enemies, the business leaders, and shut down the entire economy. I mean, it's went so totally out of whack. And because they seemingly won, why wouldn't they do this in America? So in 2016, we had a small taste of what happens when we elect the wrong guy. In 2024, and whether or not this was a, you know, quote unquote, color revolution pushed by America, I saw somebody from Russia just came out like an hour before today's show saying that he's sure America was behind this. Oh, it was a color revolution, 100%. It's all the, every, everything. It was all the home. Now, let's, wait, let's talk diplomatic. It had the hallmarks. Yeah. Maybe we can get 51 people from the intelligence community to write us a letter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's basically... Uh... But I'm very scared for, you know, leave Israel aside. I'm very scared for America that this upped the ante so bad. Well, I mean, the summer of love 2020 was just this uh, from a racial angle rather than from a political angle. Um, you know, if you look at uh, Google Trends and look for Black Lives Matter, it peaks in like 2016 and it goes down and it peaks again in 2020. And it's it's obviously it's it's obviously manufactured, 100 percent manufactured. Mm -hmm. Um, and by the way, I, I wouldn't know how to get hundreds of thousands of people on the street to block roads and fight police and, and do all these other things. Somebody's behind this. How do you get like, you know, leaders of business to shut a country down economically and hurt themselves so badly? And by the way, all the economic damage to Israel was done by Israel. Did you hear that there were more federal informants and agents in the Proud Boys on January 6th than there were actual Proud Boys. There was like 13 federal agents, informants and whatnot, and only like 12 or 10 non-Proud Boys. I know more is coming out about that and more is coming out about the Whitmer thing. And apparently they had one plan for Yunkin and more and more is coming out. There was government provocateurs which again, we should be screaming about. The, the weird thing is, it's like, okay, we think the feds only infiltrate the right-wing groups like the KKK or the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers or whatever. And they do that to uh, understand what they're, what they're gonna do and then so that they can preemptively arrest them. But what if the feds actually infiltrate the left-wing groups too? not to arrest them, but to Coordinate. push them, push them to do their thing. Well, you guys know probably a bit more history than I do, but didn't this all start with Hoover and it was against the left? Well, it's interesting because I just recently watched Judas and the Black Messiah, and it was all about the infiltration of the, the Black Panther Party. 
so yeah, we we would be coming uh, doing a one eighty uh, if we're they were interested but I think now to get them to do things. Mm -hmm. Right, I think we learned it from the best, and now we've we, we've turned around who mostly we use it on. <laughs> Well, you can't put it past them, that's for sure. And then, of course, they raided some gun store store in, in uh, Georgia. So the feds know how to act when they want to act against something. They're ahead of every plot when they want to be, but they push every plot that they want to do. And this lady who was out there on social media saying, today's my last day, blah, 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 but no one caught that one. There was, um, there was a, a draw Muhammad cartoon contest a few years ago, five years ago, whatever. And it turned out- with Pam Gelly, you're talking about even after that or that one? Yeah, Bosch Faustin was the, right. the yeah. winner of that the contest. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he, uh, either the FBI drove the guy to the, the a terrorist to the venue only to have him be killed by um, a security guard or the FBI was following him to the venue. I forget which one is true, but FBI was right there and let him go to the venue. Um, and no one seems to ask questions about this. Uh, like you said about the Las Vegas shooting. I mean, it largest mass shooting, you know, that we know of and absolutely no curiosity on the part of the media, mm -hmm. on the part of the government, uh, you know how it was done. That why it took an always hour. Been, that's been always very fishy to me. That one, I I, I think they know. There's lots of there's uh, some rumors. There's something. There's lots of rumors. There's lots of uh, conspiracy theories, as it's called, of what is going on. Like why, like this girl who shot up the uh, school. Um, she came with a rifle, a pistol, and, and, a, and a weird pistol pistol long gun. Um, and that's just because she was stupid. You mean an assault weapon? Yeah, yeah. Well, it fired pistol rounds, but it was it was long. It fired a nine millimeter pistol and a nine millimeter rifle-y thing, and then an AR. But apparently the Las Vegas shooter brought dozens of guns. I get if you're gonna, yeah, you know, I get two, you know, I, I get it, I, you know, maybe two, but I, why dozens? What the hell was that about? Why, why would anybody do that? Um, there's all sorts of questions about so, all of these shootings, like the the one in in Florida where the gay nightclub was shot up. Well, he had, he had apparently been there. He had apparently been, you know, the Muslim who shot up the gay nightclub. He, he apparently had been there before. He was, maybe he was gay too, or maybe he was gay and it was very confused right. because of his religion or something like that. None of that came from sources. And, I mean, and why is the meme where the FBI, you know, had been aware of these people, you know? The uh, FBI most, was most aware. Of these, most of these incidents, there's there's some sort of a motive. I mean, or maybe, yeah, they're they're, they're disturbed or, or whatever. But to find nothing, like no trail, like zero, yeah, up empty. I have a hard time believing that. It's just like 
It's just so so rare for somebody to just do it just, just for the hell of it. I mean, Obviously, they didn't do it for the hell of it. The, the same FBI that can chase down a J6 yeah. to, to the end of the earth 10 years later, right. but they can't chase this thing down. Yeah, no. I mean, the only time I can remember somebody doing it for nothing, I, I think re- it was years ago, maybe after 9-11, when that, uh, there was a man and a, and a teenager, and he was making him shoot people. They were like... People were just yeah yeah here like, leave, in they were leaving the Home Depot or something and, and, and yeah yeah that was here in DC purposely just you know shooting people but no real motive it was just like let's just do it but <laughs> I mean to to me it's like rare for there to be like no real motive okay so who's not afraid of the FBI you know we say go after the FBI and there's some people talk in Congress you know defund or disband or reorganize but everybody's got to be petrified of them. And again, we learn, you know, from the Hoover times and on, they can, as Chuck Schumer said, they have six ways from Sunday. Why would the left be afraid of them? They work together. with No, the but left. I mean, the people trying to fight the FBI, left's not afraid, yeah. the left owns the FBI right now. Which, yeah, I mean, but everybody is afraid of the FBI. I don't think the left is afraid of them at all. I think they No, I, like- I meant everybody. Okay. Everybody who wants to reign in the FBI is afraid. Everybody who's smart, meaning they're on our side. <laughs> That's what I mean. Gotcha. The Church Commission in the 70s was motivated by the fact that the plumbers were from the CIA. And it wasn't a CIA op as such, but it was a bunch of guys from the CIA who, who broke into the Democrat National Committee. And they did have real reforms of the CIA, the way the CIA worked. They were real. I saw them in action. And, and not, not just the CIA, the whole intelligence community. Um, and they were all throw, thrown out uh, after 9-11 by the Patriot Act. Patriot Act was 2,000 pages. It was introduced like a week after 9-11. Obviously, it was in a drawer somewhere. Um, you know, it sat there for the 20 years that uh, um, that the intelligence community was sort of kicked out of domestic surveillance. Um, and they have nothing, they've done nothing but double down and their record of failure has, has doubled as their power has doubled. But maybe it isn't failure. See, that's the Alex Jones thing, right? Maybe the FBI is not failing at their job maybe the FBI is succeeding at their job. And that's scarier. What evidence is that they're failing? I think that they are succeeding. They're doing exactly what they're- All of these mass murders have been known to the FBI, right? I mean, all of them, 90% of them, we find out later. Well, yeah, they were known to law enforcement. Um, Well, if they were known to law enforcement, why the hell weren't they, you know, had had the fear of God put in them? Like if you were marginally on the right, and want to demonstrate. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's very it's very concerning. I mean, we've got to mention uh, what's his name, Matt. I can I don't know how Matt pronounces his last name. I've heard Taibi, Taibi, Tabibi, Taibi. I've heard all kinds. But <laughs> it's Taibi. Taibi, fine. The fact that the IRS coincidentally shows up at his house. I mean, Ed, you're the uh, genius over here. Ed P, tell us what are the odds. I know you don't have pointy ears, but I'm asking you anyway. Yes, uh, you know, 
you know, astronomical. It just <laughs> does, can't possibly happen that the IRS shows up at his house. He, they weren't allowed in, by the way. They didn't have a warrant. They just wanted to talk on the same day that Matt Taibbi was testifying in front of Congress about um, the FBI's interference and censorship activities on uh, on Twitter. Right. So why um, should we be afraid? Yeah, exactly. My, you know, my advice to you know the three people who are listening to this is never talk to the cops. Right. I mean, there's a great just type in never talk to the cops into YouTube and there's a great video explains all the reasons why mm -hmm. even if you're innocent uh, talking to the cops can be a huge mistake um, and you know never let any never let the cops in uh, unless they have a warrant and you know if you have a lawyer try and fight the warrant um, you know don't break the law but never talk to the cops and maybe Ed M legal expert here what is going on with I I know almost nothing about this so whatever you can explain the courts forcing pence i believe to testify i i believe it's in the j6 matter do you know what i'm talking about i saw that that that, that that there was an order that was issued but i don't know the full context of what he was i mean was he claiming executive privilege i don't know yeah um, i did see that trump is is applauding it um but i don't i don't know the i don't know the full details of the story um this is in I, which case the new york case um i don't know i, have I think it, no it's, i think it's about the j6ers isn't it oh okay all right so it's it's one of their yeah or is Judge it orders mike pence to testify in j6 j6 probe rules he has immunity on certain topics because he was serving in his capacity as president of the senate that day well, I, uh, <laughs> is there a separation of powers issue here? Yeah, yeah, there actually is. The judiciary can't tell the Congress what to do, and they can't tell the president what to do, um, technically speaking. So generally, when you sue the government for doing something awful, you know, um, the president is immune from the suit because he, the judiciary can't, in principle, tell him what to do. They can only tell him subsidiary officers how did it get before the supreme court or whichever court issued the order who who, who are the litigants yeah i don't um, know i don't know it's, it's the united states district court for dc um how it got to the court i don't know special counsel jack smith issued pence a subpoena in january the vice president contended that the subpoena did not pass constitutional muster um he said as a former vice president subpoenaing me is unconstitutional and unprecedented i'm going to fight with the biden administration department of justice and it's on that that this judge has ordered him that he's going to have to testify and i assume it's going to go up the chain of courts i i also not only do i agree with ed that the courts can't force the president or vice president to testify I don't see where the court has the power to say wh whether the testimony is immunized. I mean, they can't grant immunity. That's something that that's a prosecutorial function. So, I, I mean, you know, again, I don't know all the facts of the case. So, I, I you know, I don't want to speak too much about it. But uh, it's just, you know, we were talking about the Israeli court being rogue and out of control. 
this sounds like another example of, of an American court being out of control and rogue. Right. Well, the American courts do not touch the Israeli courts because you ask the sensible question, how they get it into court? Because as a lawyer, you know, there's rules. You can't just walk into court. In Israel, you can just walk into court and say, hi, Supreme Court. I want you to rule on stopping the government from appointing this guy as minister of agriculture. And the court meets for a few minutes, says, government, you are ordered not to appoint this guy as minister of agriculture. And it's over. So they're, they're, <laughs> when you talk about out of control, it's beyond our ability to even comprehend in America how insane that is. Here, at least, there's some process. It takes days. It takes weeks. They deliberate. They write something. Over there are there, rules of standing. Yeah. And over there, literally, and they can... Can you imagine courts here telling the president who you can nominate for offices just willy-nilly? So, wow. yeah, we, we have a long way to go. And it's on that that Biden had to mix in over there. You know, that's funny because their excuse for protecting, quote unquote, the judicial oligarchy in Israel is this international law thing that you're only immune from being charged in international court or something if you have a functioning judicial system of your own or something. So Israel says, well, if we don't keep all this power to the courts, then we're going to be subject to international law or some ridiculous thing like that. Which considering no other country has a judiciary even close to Israel's in being so out of control, the whole thing's absurd. And the people on the normal side of that argument are telling the Israelis, uh, nobody has what we have. Nobody has no political involvement in appointment of judges whatsoever. In America, they're appointed or elected. Um, the high judges are nominated and confirmed. In Israel, there's zero involvement of the political parties in, in selecting judges. The judges select their, their successors. Which, I mean, can, can you imagine a left-wing Supreme Court here just picking who they want? So it's when yeah, I can imagine left, lefties doing anything. Right. I mean, Ginsburg wouldn't have to be replaced by which, what was Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, whatever. She would just say, I want KTJ, and that's it. And that, that's how it works in Israel. Well, don't you know our court selected the president in 2000? <laughs> Yes, but how many millions of people believe that is the scary Well, thing. they selected in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's scary, and I guess, as usual, all roads lead to DeSantis. So he signed that bill, was yesterday or the other day, about money following children for education. And mm -hmm. I think to some extent, we all agree that this is the fault of the education system. I was watching yesterday another one of those interview girls on the beach about their knowledge of America history and civics, you know, what year was America founded? One of the best ones was which city was the Tea Party in? And a guy said England. So yeah, <laughs> we really need some help. And these are college people. We really need some help with education. And maybe somewhere people can start learning something. There was a, a one of those men on the street where they asked, you know, what country is the Queen of England the Queen of? You know, and they couldn't, you know, these teenage girls couldn't answer. Mm -hmm. Well, luckily um, they did. They did get most of them got where what country was the Vietnam War fought in. Most of them got it, although not everybody. So, of course, nowadays you probably can't call it the Vietnam War because that would be racist. It'd be like calling a virus the Wuhan virus. I don't know. Vietnam's an interesting place. China is making a lot of noise in the South China Sea off the coast of Vietnam. And 
Vietnam has been making a little overtures towards America to try and get some protection from us. We may not Vietnam, be Vietnam, huh? You know, the, I, I, I'm somewhat. This is somewhat hyperbole, but China hasn't won a war in three thousand years, right? So, um, but Vietnam, they're tough. They're tough sons of bitches. I would not. Um, I would not bet against Vietnam in any, uh, you know, in any um, controversy with China. So I don't know. So uh, we do. There is one other thing that is in the news that I thought might be worth um, talking about, if you don't mind. It's completely different. Um, the Congress is debating something, I think, called the Restrict Act, something like that. Uh, yeah, it's, I, that it's, if you did not bring it up, that's what I was going to bring up. So go for it. It, it is a, uh, uh, well, T President Trump decided that he was going to ban TikTok and the courts shut him down, as they should, because the government has no right to ban a social media app like that. I mean, they're, you know, despite the China connection or whatever. So the Congress is is um, passing this is debating this law, which allegedly is going to give them the power, give the president the power to ban TikTok. However, if you read the law, which a number of commentators have done, it basically gives sweeping censorship powers to the government on any topic, uh, 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 unelected officials like the Department of Commerce or whatever, any officials in on any topic uh, to ban any information for any reason on the internet. It even bans uh, subject to like large prison terms, the use of virtual private networks, VPNs to you know get around this sort of censorship. Uh, it is the most, it's, it's the craziest and most out of control censorship law I've ever seen in my entire life. And I, I, only a few people are talking about um, about how awful it is. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that's kind of the next. You know, Rand Paul's making a lot fight. of noise and some other people, but yeah, yeah. Rand is always. Well, let's good. face it; yeah. we've become this desensitized to so much of this crap that none of it surprises us. But it's just like, I mean, you know, this, it's par for the course at this point, right? That but the would... right combination of left and right could get this passed. Yeah, because they're they're all a bunch of tyrants. <laughs> it only gives their own power, you know. We have the stupid so party and the evil party, and when it's bipartisan, it's stupid and evil. I mean, they will even use if the law were limited to to what the title suggests it would be. There is no good reason to give the government the power to ban TikTok. I mean, it's it's such a. I mean, if it didn't explicitly create the censorship you're talking about at a minimum it would pave the way for it in the next bill but there's no there's just no reason for it i mean first of all think about how much good we've gotten i mean as as evil as it may be and you know insofar as tiktok is collecting data on americans mm -hmm. that horse is long out of the barn we're not going to stop that now oh, i mean there. look at libs of tiktok I mean, look at how how beneficial that has been. These morons put things up on TikTok 
and we get to see what they're really doing behind the curtain. Why would we want censorship on that? Sunlight is the best disinfectant and sunlight, you know, the libs of TikTok have used sunlight to really disinfect what they're doing and, and really contribute positively in a cultural sense to our country. Yeah. Yeah. To the extent any social media corporation is collecting uh, data on their people beyond like beyond what is disclosed for, you know, advertising purposes and whatnot, um, they should be subject to uh, litigation for, you know, breach of contract or whatever. Um, and to the extent that TikTok is collecting data on Americans and sending it to the Chinese Communist Party, obviously uh, they should be liable um, for that. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be, but the solution is not to ban TikTok. The solution is to, you know, address the issue. Address the privacy issues that- See, I'm, yeah, not, even sure. Ed, I'm not even sure I agree with you on that. I mean, how many people in this country are still so dumb that they don't realize that they have zero privacy? I mean, get a grip. So once we use this stuff, we've opened it up. The only law I could even consider would be if it were mandatory to have TikTok, I would allow a law saying you can't make it mandatory. But as far as I know, phones don't come with it pre-installed and impossible to get rid of like Microsoft bloatware. Mm -hmm. So what in the world is the government's business? Well, Well, the argument is that that it's collecting information for an an enemy power Mm -hmm. and the the Communist Party of China is using the information collected. I understand. Can they they ban me sending a letter to China and saying, dear Xi, this is my address, this is my birthday, etc.? No. No, but I mean, it's deeper than that. I mean, China is buying up farmland right next to military bases. What is Congress doing about that? That Nothing. that bothers me a lot more. Right. Um, right. And so, property I mean, rights issues. The, the, the national security issue that they're using to justify this Restrict Act would justify other legislation far more, mm-hmm. far, far better and far more reasonable than the Restrict Act. It, censorship is just but, not the answer almost ever. Okay. What about on economic grounds, Ed? Because um, we've also often had the discussion about not trading with our enemies, right? And that, you, yeah, I believe that you've taken the position that we we could do that. We should make sense in our national interest to do that. So, why should we allow China to benefit economically from TikTok? Well, if we want, if we want to. You know, if we want to ban trade and economic activity with China, that's one thing. Let's do that first. And if that doesn't work or that's not sufficient, then let's talk about whether censorship is necessary. To go to censorship as your first go go to is ridiculous. It's and and we should never stand for that. That that we should not accept that. It's not an American. It's not. It's un-American and it's wrong. We shouldn't accept that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you there. They they, they need to focus on the privacy, the data concerns that could be construed as a threat, right? Yes. Uh, but not 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 the speech aspect of it. I mean, listen, the way, I, I, the they can send balloons here to get all this information and we let them. So why do we care about TikTok? I mean, we give up tons of information all the time. We don't, I mean, maybe we, we, we don't realize it. Maybe we do. I don't know. Yeah, but the Chinese they, stole. They, I mean, the Facebook Chinese... is collecting a lot of information on us, believe me. The Chinese send millions of people here as students 
or as um, you know, immigrants or whatever. And it's estimated that somewhere near half of them are agents of the Chinese government. In fact, all of them are are demanded to be agents of the Chinese hey, government. All of them have China. relative. Some of them even China. marry. Some of them even marry prominent Republican senators. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But the um, but the thing is, the Chinese government demands that they all report back on what they see, uh, or it goes badly with their family. And I think it's amazing that half of them don't. <laughs> but you know, half of them do. So it's it's crazy that that this level of oh and they all go they get educated and they all go back and transfer the technology it's it's unbelievable that we even allow that um I, yeah, that's worse than uh right that's if you want to stop trading with the enemy if, right exactly that's the national security interest that should be addressed i mean that's what they're they're using that national security interest to justify censorship instead of to justify stopping that kind of economic activity Stop the economic now, activity. Don't silence speech. Now, the interesting thing about TikTok, which I use, um, you know, it 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 has a very good algorithm for sending you little videos that of is of your interest. And how does it determine that? Well, which videos do you watch and which videos you don't watch, which videos you like, which videos you don't like. And it it quickly understands like what you like and what you don't like and and send it to you. In, in other words, it's very easy on TikTok to go down the rabbit hole of a particular type of video. And you really have to like not click on videos that you really don't want to be inundated with. And it, yeah, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of, uh, you know, scantily clad pretty girls on TikTok. But, you know, my TikTok for you feed is filled with like astronomy stuff. and interesting geography which i'm very into and and linguistics and 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 things like that you know because that's kind of what i'm interested in and, and it really understands what i do but i i definitely see how if you have gender confusion you could go down this terrible rabbit hole and that just is up to the parents to like not let kids impressionable yeah. teenagers have things like that you just well, can't not can't, not, you know. not only though is there a lot of you know nonsensical idiotic videos right on TikTok to entertain you and keep you engrossed right but there there is a major problem when it comes to kids because not only is China setting out to make sure that there are skulls full of mush right but I think there's also leftist indoctrination going on rampantly on there okay and, and it, I'm sure that obviously it's not going to surprise any of us but i mean it's happening and you know we're fighting these cultural battles all the time and you know our children are at the heart of it right i mean i have two two young girls i mean it concerns me a lot about what they're seeing not only in in the schools and sex ed and all that but when they're you know on a social media app like that and they're being fed a lot of crap it's it's concerning it's very concerning Yeah. So censorship is never the answer. Yeah, I would say 99.9% of that. Yes, we got to get some PragerU videos running around TikTok. <laughs> hey, you know, one of the interesting things about TikTok is that they are the most censorious app 
um, worse than Facebook, worse than Twitter, worse than YouTube, as far as censoring anything that goes against the leftist narrative. And so a little bit of opening that up um, and, and stopping that censorship uh, along the lines of, you know, you want 230 protection, then you better um, not discriminate on the basis of, of ideology uh, might be useful, but um, that's a different subject than uh, um, like, Prague, like Matt Walsh, I, I, something about the Daily Wire doesn't make sense, right? Because the Daily Wire has really gone hardcore against the trans narrative and they have not been thrown off of any um, social media platform, uh, except for Michael yeah. Knowles today with the trans day of vengeance or whatever. Um, now, that's literally impossible given the censorious nature of, of these things, unless a deal has been made. And I don't know what the deal is, but Ben Shapiro and Jeremy Boring have made a deal with Facebook and YouTube and whatnot to not censor them. I don't know what the terms uh, of the deal I think are. You guys have kind of intimated that stuff before, but didn't it also come out that they pay like a hundred million dollars a year to Facebook? Yeah, I think that's uh, money is money change. Money definitely changes hands, and that has allowed this. You know, if uh, I I occasionally listen to the Daily Wire, but I don't do it on a podcast app, audio only on my phone. A lot of people watch their stuff on video on YouTube, and Mike Walsh could not have done what he did with the. Um, you know, with the Vanderbilt Clinic and and with the law in Tennessee and whatnot, if he was kicked off of YouTube, he just just couldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. And so, in a lot of so they and they know that, and I'm sure people are behind the scenes trying to convince uh, YouTube to kick him off, and they haven't been kicked off yet. And I'm surprised, to be honest. And and Ben Shapiro is like the most popular guy on Facebook. And yeah. he's just as hardcore as uh, Walsh's on the transition. Sure is interesting. Folks want to wrap up in a couple. So let's get to what um, we can get to real quick. Yeah, I mean, uh, just real quick. I mean, I, I think it's interesting that my old friend, Chris Christie, uh, it seems more and more like he's going to run. And he's, he's the only saying, one that can beat Trump. Isn't that what they're saying? Well, you know, I'm sure the four of us will agree that he has a chance in hell, right? No chance in hell of winning. winning. But I wrestling, think, maybe. I think I think he could be a real factor because you know he's already taking dead aim at Trump, and you know one thing about Christie is I mean he has the ego and the chutzpah to go after him hard, and I'm thinking this could actually help DeSantis. That maybe DeSantis wouldn't have to do the heavy lifting in some of these debates, and you know he could sort of triangulate, if you will, let Christie, you know. Wail away at Trump on the on the stage on the debate stage. What is Christie going to attack Trump over though? That that's going to benefit DeSantis. I mean, let's not act like Trump isn't vulnerable to some issues. Oh, he is, but the things that that we that we think he should be he's vulnerable. On, I, mean, I don't he, think Christie is Christie going to attack him on Operation Warp Speed. No, no, no but I, I think he, he what he's going to do is he, he's going to attack him for who he is. You know what I mean? And, and, and a lot of that baggage that's out there, and it is baggage. And, and I, I think he can only do DeSantis a favor if he's up on the debate stage and he's going after him. I think he has a harder time going after DeSantis. But I'm just envisioning what this could possibly look like 
on a presidential de debate stage. I, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I if think he's going in as a kamikaze, it could be interesting. Yeah, and and I think he, I I think he. I think this, he's probably somewhat bitter and angry, angry about some of the treatment that he got from Trump along the way. You Gee. know, he, he did look like a fool at times. There were times he was standing on the stage behind him, just looking like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> did you know. he Trump for Trump that? Didn't have to do a whole lot to make him look <laughs> like an idiot, though. Ah, great minds think alike. <laughs> Isn't it nice how I just became a great mind like Ed M? Look how I slipped that you in. Know. Nobody even argued. I just I think there are a few people that could get on the stage and and potentially have a, a, an impact at least in, in that regard. All right, Eds, any uh, quick thoughts we didn't get to? Quick stories. The one thing is um, about the the trans issue. Uh, uh, Blair White again, uh, young boy who who suffered from gender dysphoria from age five and then transition to uh you know looks like a woman over a 10-year period all on youtube that you can um see and she's she's okay you know she's a she's a good person um she's she said that in hollywood during her transition she knew a lot of the trans people in that area because she lived in the hollywood area she said she was the only one of the trans people she knew who was not involved in sex work, in prostitution. And when you look at Steve Saylor's article today about the trans people who are murdered, of which there were 30 or so in the 2021 literature that he looked at, uh, the majority of them were um, in the drugs slash prostitution is and so the this whole you know their lives are at stake people are murdering them um it's because they're engaged in the drugs and prostitution business basically um a, a lot of them are and uh you know that's very sad yeah adam Nothing to add to what these brilliant gentlemen have, have given us. <laughs> wow. Tomorrow is opening day for the baseball season. There you go. Are you serious? Wow. Let's go Isn't back. Baseball has to start the end of oh. April and end the beginning of September way back when? Yeah, a long no, time ago. I thought the end it, of April. It was, it was it the first week of the beginning of April, though. I didn't yeah. realize it's the end of March. Now uh, it gets longer and longer. We play from snow to snow. I, I'm anxiously awaiting the first team who loses a game because of the pitch clock. <laughs> yeah, that, that part will be interesting. Bases loaded, 3-2 count, pitch clock violation, you walk in the runner. <laughs> It'd be like tennis. <laughs> All right, you guys can report on baseball next week. I'm going to wrap up for tonight. Please send any feedback you may have about our show to the Conservatarian Exchange at libertyblock.com, and we will see you next week at our regular time, 5.45 on Wednesday. I wish everyone a great evening.